0: That you went home and swiped a ball that was signed by Babe Ruth. And you brought it out here and actually played with it and actually played with it?
1: Yeah! Are you one of those people that has to know how much the Babe Ruth ball is actually worth? I was gonna bring it back, but it was signed by Babe Ruth! Yeah, you keep telling me that Who is she? We'll keep it right here, because today is your lucky day.
0: The Sultan of what? King of Crap, The Colossus of Cloud! The Colossus
1: It's time for Sports Collecting with Tom Morgan, sponsored by ERC Delivery
2: and Huggins & Scott Auctions.
0: The Great Bambino! Happy Saturday morning. I'm
2: Tom Morgan with Vince Clemeni of ERC Delivery. Bill Huggins of Huggins & Scott Auctions and our producer, Tyler Aki. We're on every Saturday morning now from 7 to 8 talking about sports collectibles. You can give us a call Three one two three three two three seven seven six. if you have an item you think might be valuable. Or you can tweet a picture of an item to my attention. T-Crown Tom is my Twitter ID. And if it's something that's kind of neat, we'll mention it on the show. Vince, baseball is back. Yes. Spring <laughs> is here. The clock's changed tonight. <laughs> Everything's it's
3: gonna be good. It's going to be beautiful next week. The weather's going to be close to 70. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect weather for baseball, yeah. That it. was
2: so good. They got the they got the whole agreement finally signed for baseball. Five more years. The yep. White Sox look like they might be good this year.
3: The Cubs look as bad. <laughs> they, look horrible. Yeah. they look horrible. You see,
2: they signed uh, Andrelle Simmons.
3: Simmons for shortstop.
2: Yeah, I guess a good field, no-hit guy. It seems like they have a lot of infielders. I don't know.
3: $4 million a year they're going to give them? I yes. guess that's pretty reasonable these days.
2: That, yeah, that might be just a utility guy. You yeah. know? I don't yep. know. Yeah, yep. so we'll see. We and sure. then, Bill Huggins, last week you you, you were in Philadelphia. <laughs> where, where are you? better be here than <laughs> Philadelphia, wherever you are.
0: No, I'm here in Maryland today waiting for the – snow that you guys sent me from yesterday, so. Oh,
2: yeah. Then after the snow, you'll probably have a real big warm-up after that, I would think.
0: I think it's supposed to be 70 next week or something. Yeah. Now, so Beautiful.
2: So, now, we, Vince and I, once again, are at the Naperville Park District Fort Hill Activity Center. We got a private room here, so it's pretty yes. cool. So, if during the show you hear whistles in the background or something, it's not us. <laughs> There'll be a basketball game. That means there's a lot of fouling going on, but it's a cool spot. I love this. For concert. sure,
3: absolutely. They
2: yep. have a big gym and they've got workout rooms and weights and everything. A real high energy. Boy, it was packed here when we left last.
3: Yeah, week. yeah. A lot of people, a lot of kids running around. It's good to see people, you know, being able to get together and do stuff, you know, close, yeah, in close proximity. Yeah,
2: pretty amazing. Now we already got a, a tweet about an item here. Rob Shaggy has a John Cena ad from a magazine. He was at the TGI Fridays in Bolingbrook. I've seen some of his Funko pops selling for two, three, four hundred $400 when they're signed. Nice. I, I would think, uh, that, that could be pretty good. Uh, uh, what do you think, Bill? Have you seen any John Cena stuff? I don't think it's good enough for a Huggins and Scott auction by itself, but maybe it's part of a group of, of, uh, Fighters or something,
0: don't you think? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, Uh, has he got a nice signature? I don't ever remember seeing his signature.
2: Yeah, it looks, uh, it's a pretty big signature. It's it's like a lot of the newer guys, if you didn't know it was him, it would be hard to tell who it was, but it looks pretty neat. And it's always good when you get something in person at somewhere like that for the value of things. So that, it's pretty cool. cool
3: but he item. seems like a popular guy too. So he's yeah. very popular with the collectors. I would have Yeah,
2: very big. Okay. Now some items in Huggins and Scott auction bidding already begins in less than two weeks, two weeks from yesterday. Bidding begins March 25th on, uh, items. I think there's some great items in at, for this auction. Here's a card. I think I had a long time ago that I wish I had now. I I don't have one now. Julius Irving, Dr. J, nineteen seventy two tops rookie card, number one ninety-five, graded SGC eight. To me, Giannis plays like every, ever since I've seen Giannis play, he's like an oversized Dr. J, the way he attacks the rim full court and just what yeah, yep. he does. He's just like a longer, taller. Dr. J the way he plays. Not a great outside shot, but almost impossible to stop going to the rim. So I've always liked Giannis and I have some nice stuff with Giannis. Oh yeah. yeah. I always root for the guys (laughs) if they're not on the bulls, I root for the guys that I have the rookie cards or autographs or whatever. <laughs>
3: I think I have a few of those in some box on some uh, oh, shelf somewhere. I got to go through it. If you stuff. ever
2: have time, you will yeah. have so much fun going through some of your stuff For sure. and being like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. You could always email me pictures of something and be like, is this good? Oh, a couple grand. <laughs> not that <big." laughs>
3: That's great.
2: Here's another item. I sent this one in. This was real nice. A sharp 1973 tops baseball Complete set of 660 cards. That has a nice Mike Schmidt rookie card in there, $300 minimum bid on that one. So, Huggins, you do a lot of that sharp. If you have a nice set or a nice group of cards and they're not graded, you, you you have that description sharp in there that a lot of people start looking for now, don't they?
0: Well, you have to
2: earn it. We don't give it out
0: easily, you know. Yeah, uh, that's the a- <laughs> That's a James call. And uh, I I have a lot of bidders um, that that actually go in and keyword search the word sharp. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I could see it. I was happy to see that. It, it, It was a very
2: nice set. So I was happy to see that got that designation. Then this one, I guess, wouldn't necessarily be considered sharp. But valuable, yes. <laughs> this is a Mickey Mantle, 1952 Topps rookie card number 311, graded PSA 2. It has a $10,000 minimum bid on it. Wow.
0: That. Amazing. Even twos are going for a lot of money now, aren't they, Bill? Oh, yeah. We actually we have two Mantles and two 52s. We have a two and a one. Oh, really? I didn't see the one yet. That's it. That's
2: always nice if somebody's going after one and they get outbid and it gets past their budget, then be like, okay, I'll get the one. You know, <laughs> On a card <laughs> like that, you want to get any, any one yeah. you can get.
3: It's like the Holy Grail. Yeah,
2: yeah. I whatever you can afford, get the nicest one <laughs> that you can afford. That's the way I always look at that one. Here's another group years, that I've in. This was a, a nice group. It's an signed index card lot of 42. 38 of them are Hall of Famers. The gentleman, the listener, and I think he said it was in the early 70s. He was a kid, and he sent away three index cards to a bunch of different baseball players. And then he'd hope he'd get them back. And some of them he got three back from. Some he didn't get any. Some he got one. Some he got two. But in this group of 42, there's Hank Aaron, Nellie Fox, who's a tougher signature, passed away young. Dizzy Dean, Joe McCarthy. He had guys like Ted Simmons, Nolan Ryan. It was a really neat wow. group. Yeah, so that, that was kind of cool. And he we, he had some lower grade cards, a lot of them, and we sent in a bunch. And then he was like, what about these? It's like, wow, these are these are good. I mean, it was a it was a good group. So that's always fun when people bring something else along.
3: Yeah, I wish I would have done that in the 70s, but no, I was busy opening up pack after pack <laughs> of the early 70s stuff only to have it all be sold in a garage sale that my father held and yeah. sold it without my knowledge. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Were
2: you around like the
3: 1975 time frame? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The Robin Young. To, oh, I was opening up packs. I was only like 11 years old, so. I think between 6 and 12, I was just, every year, just wanted packs of cards for Christmas and birthday and all that.
2: Yeah. Wow, you must have had some good ones. That's still on your card. A lot of that early 70s stuff is doing pretty well now. Yep. For sure. Yeah. All right. So let's see what else is going. If you have an item you want to check the value of, you can give us a call, 312-332-3776. Now, do you think – Dave from Chicago, who called in last week, really wore a turkey costume <laughs> to throw off the first pitch of a White Sox game in 1986. That was one of the funnier calls we've had over the years. It's
3: too bizarre to not be true. I yeah, It sounds well, true. It's too goofy to not be true. Yeah, <laughs> Phil,
2: like, like I was telling Vince, we treat every call, every email, every tweet him a picture as if it's real until we <laughs> prove that it isn't. So, now, Dave was going to send me a video of him throwing out the first pitch. And the way he told the story, it, it, it seemed like it really yeah. could be true. But Dave, if you forgot about it, if you're listening today, please send me that video. That's a video I really want to see.
0: Yeah. I asked him,
2: Are your hands available? and you reach out to Troy and go, Well he kinda had to you know, kinda chicken wing it kinda.
0: You kinda
3: look like a good chicken wing yeah. player there, Tommy that yeah.
2: That's why it's good to be in person when we're yeah, doing it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. You no, know, if we were in our own room somewhere, yeah. you never would have seen that act. No, I wouldn't have. <laughs> (laughs)
3: And after you see it, you just can't forget that. Some
2: things things you want to forget. Here's something I picked up on on eBay, and I got it in this week. Really inexpensive. Bill, I want to know if you know anything about this set. It's a set of 48 1939 Gallagher, my favorite part. They're tobacco-sized carts. They sell for very little money. It's got like Greta Garble, Clark Gable, Betty Davis, Joan Crawford, Spencer Tracy, Judy Garland, a lot great stars in it. And these showed up. They were so nice. I'm like, can these even be real? For I got the scent for it like it was in like $25.
3: Really? That sounds like but, a bargain.
2: But when you look it up, like eight of some of these big names don't sell for much. So I think what Are I'm going to do is English send tobacco? one of them in with some of my vintage stuff the next time I send a few cards in and see if it gets a great. But, Bill, does that ring a bell with something you've ever seen or run? Are they
0: English tobacco? Yeah. Okay, well, the deal with those is they, if they over there, they don't have any copyright. So these some of these things were printed in the 30s, and then they were reprinted in the 70s, and they, you can't tell the difference. Yeah,
2: that's the thing. These almost seem too nice to be from 39, but if they are from, he didn't say they were printed later, but I guess we'll... We'll find that out yep. when I send one in. We've well, got a couple callers here. Tyler, is, is Lurch still under contract? <laughs> with us? Is Lurch awake and available? Are right? <laughs> there he is. He's he's here for another year. Wayne from downtown. Tell us what you have, Wayne. Yeah. Hello. Hi.
4: Yeah, I got a a picture. Of my my grandpa had a friend that was in the uh, Yankees uh, minor league system in the late 30s. Uh, his wow. name was Alpine Cota. He didn't make it to the to the majors, but a few of the signatures that I have on this picture are Lou Gehrig, Joe DiMaggio, Lefty Gomez, uh, Frank Cresetti. Ooh. and uh, there's there's actually probably about fifteen. We actually just found this picture. We thought it was lost, wow. and um, some other ones. Um, Charlie, uh, I guess he was called like Charlie King Kong Keller. No, was this a
2: team photo that they all? No, made?
4: it's it's it, a it, it, photo. It, it's a picture of this gentleman that his name was El Picota. I guess he was from the Chicago area, oh. and it's just got him standing there, you know, as a player, you know, and all these all these players signed, you know, his picture. Wow! in, in the late '30s.
2: Well, Bill Huggins, let's say he sent that in, and those autographs were all authentic.
4: Don't you think that's in the? Couple thousand at least. Oh, at least yes. Um, oh, it's yeah, it's authentic. That's for sure. Because I, I remember this guy Al Picota used to actually come over to uh to my grandpa's house, you know. But yeah, I'm looking at it right here. I'm seeing uh, Joe DiMaggio, Lou Gehrig, Lefty Gomez, Frank Crusetti Wow. Can do we, do you know how
2: to email or or tweet a picture of it to me? I mean, if you could tweet a picture to T Crown Tom. Uh, everybody could see it, or if you email t at gmail we could try to give you an estimate. And then, if you what's want the, to send it in for the, t- for the t- like the August Huggins and Scott auction, be a great item for an auction. What is it? T Yeah. What is it again, sir? T at gmail is my Gmail. You can send me pictures. Send me front and back, just you know, 'cause you have it, and, and we'll try to give you an estimate. Okay, all right, very good. I'll, I'll try to do that
4: this, uh, this weekend. Great call, Wayne. It sounds like a really cool item. I'd to
3: see that. Yeah, Love it's one of these that, that we, uh, awesome. we,
4: we, we thought it was lost, but uh, we recently found it. So, uh, yeah, I'd like to get wow. some uh, information on it. That's a great sign. Thanks for okay. the call. Okay.
2: okay. Okay, next on the line we have Mario from Elmhurst. What's up, Mario?
4: <laughs> hey, how's it hey. going? Um, we've chatted back and forth. Through uh, email a couple of times, I still, you know, have the uh, Drew Brees and the Tom Brady rookie card and the oh yeah, the Steph Curry rookie cards. Uh, you told me the the PSA prices are going down, so yeah, they have. I think what
2: they have now it's fifty dollars a card up to maybe nine hundred ninety nine value. So oh, okay. I guess what they do, Bill. Let's say he sent in a Drew Brees, and it turned out to be a 10, and in a 10, it's maybe a few thousand. Then they would charge more than 50, but at least then you got a card that's way more valuable. Isn't that kind of how they work
0: it now? Oh, yeah. It's it's called an upcharge. And while it sounds like a bad word in our industry, an upcharge is a great word, you know. So Yeah, for, because the, the, the more they charge you, the more you're going to get for it.
2: Yeah, especially if you are planning on if you're grading it to sell it. Sometimes it's hard to do if you're grading it to keep it, and you have to have enough money to be able to pay whatever the up charge is. So, if you send in on a charge card, Mario, uh, make sure that uh, you have enough on the charge that you know to cover if, if it's higher. Oh,
4: okay. And then, well, be well, yeah, put it in
2: our office Do you still follow Cindy and Mario?
4: Oh yeah, they didn't make it downstate with the young, and I forgot the other schools playing for the state championship. Uh,
2: yeah, that's, yeah, I thought I saw that Simeon had lost, and they they were maybe they had a lead and lost. So yeah, sorry yeah. to hear that.
4: Now that yeah. I know you,
2: I always root for Simeon. <laughs> right, oh thanks a lot. Uh, real okay. quick, what's the okay. turnaround
4: time on these cards?
2: Uh, it's, it's At the $50 price, I think, what is it, two, three months maybe? It, it takes wow. quite a while to do it. Now, there's a card show in the Chicago area next weekend. You might want to check with them and Beckett and CSG and, and the different graders, check them out, see if they'll be there taking in cards, how much they're charging and how fast they're getting them back, and then maybe you oh. could just drop it off
4: there. That would at least
2: you know if they have it in their hands.
4: Okay, great. So it's next weekend. That's great. Yeah.
2: Thanks for calling, Mario. Yes, sir. Have a good day. You too. Take it easy. All right. Well, it's already coming up to a time for a short break here now. Uh, We have some more messages. We got some other people sending me info. So following the break, we're going to have this week's episode of Which Ended Higher. We'll be joined by...
0: John Bulldog Drummond, and the unbeatable Nancy (laughs) Huggins. Will she be with us this week? No, she's not with us again this week. She said she's going to give you guys one extra week as an advantage on it so.
3: okay <laughs> well, thank you <laughs>
2: yeah last week all that went was backwards for the producers i, I, I don't know if tyler even knows this but he's he's starting in the hole after eric, eric got a hole briefed a me last. on it yeah Wait, I, i've been okay, i've been well, warned about my for status break, so hang in there we'll be right back now back to
1: sports collecting with tom morgan Sponsored by ercdelivery.com and Huggins and Scott Auctions on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com.
2: Welcome back. I'm Tom Morgan with Vince many of ERC Delivery, Bill Huggins of Huggins and Scott Auctions, our producer, Tyler Rocky And we're joined now by Chicago. Journalism, Hall of Famer, John Bulldog Drummond. Yay! Hey, John Drummond, how are you hey, doing?
1: Quite an intro, quite an intro. By the way, I'm getting in the dumps. I didn't know that Nancy was going to be on the show today because she always takes off that uh, which end is higher and wins all the time. So I got competition. I know,
2: so you guys, this is your chance. But John Drummond got a plus one. Tyler, I I didn't want to tell you, but Eric gambled last week and lost, so you're starting in a hole at minus one this week, Tyler. That's all right. We can come back from that. Yeah, I, I'm confident in you this year. I think after a year under your belt of this, I think you're going to be killing it this year.
3: I still think Nancy's going to come back and beat us all anyway, even if we have well, a start. Well, I do,
2: start. too, but I'm trying to get, keep everybody up. You know, get the get team up here. She's
3: sure. not unbeatable for any reason. She's, got a, she's earned that title. Yeah,
2: she's the unbeatable Nancy Huggins That's right. <laughs> Okay, well, here we go. These are the items. Now, last week, I didn't give you a choice. Do you want to pick from all five items, or do you want to delete one?
3: Well, uh, we could delete one. Gives us a better chance, right? Okay, pick number one through five. Wait, let me
2: make One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Okay. Delete number five. Number five. Number five would have been number one really? item. Really? Wow. Last week, I couldn't come up with his name. <laughs> so I saw one of his items, like, okay, Monty Irvin, 1956 Topps card, number 194, his final card in a Cubs uniform. And the thing about it is it was graded PSA 9 wow. for a 56 Tops. That's hard to get those. That went for $1,700. And to give you an idea, that would have been the number one. Really? Okay. So that's a that's a hint for everybody. Okay, here we go. First item, Mickey Mantle, 1956 tops, card number 135, gray back, SGC 3.5. Next item, Hoyt Wilhelm, the old knuckleballer, Hoyt Wilhelm, 1952 tops, rookie card, number 392, which is a high number card, graded SGC 5. On a scale of 1 to 10, it's a 5. Next item, 1951 Tops Redback, group of eight, Eight. unopened, two-card wax packs. So they were penny packs at the time. This is a group of eight, 1951 Tops Redbacks, eight unopened, two-card packs. And then the last item, Sandy Koufax. 1955 tops rookie, number 123, graded PSA 5 on a scale of 1 to 10. Now, see, once you hear all of those things, it kind of shows that I don't know how many people would have picked Monty Irvin, if anybody would have or not, because those are some good items. Okay, so... First off, I guess, Tyler, you lead it off because you're uh, starting quickly in last place. (laughs) All right.
1: I will take the lot of eight wax packs.
2: Tyler's going with the lot of eight wax packs. Very good. And Vince, what's your pick? Oh, Vince's sound went off. Vince wants the Koufax 1955 tops. Rookie card, okay? And then that leaves John Bulldog Drummond.
1: I've got to go. I tell you, I'm going to go with Vince on that. I think if Koufax was a rookie in 55, that should be a hotter card than Manos in 56, who had a great year. So I'm going to go with Sandy Koufax.
2: And as typical, John Bulldog Drummond. It doesn't care. He's going for it. He's gambling. He's doubling up. He could lose a point if that's not the highest price one. But he's doubling up with Vince. He's got one point already that he's working on. And here's in reverse order. First item: 1952 tops rookie high number white white Wilhelm SGC five. $1,200. I thought somebody might pick that. A 52 tops high number. $1,200. Nobody picked it, and it was the lowest. Now there's a tie for the next two. The Mickey Mantle 1956 tops, card number 135, grayback, SGC 3.5. I thought somebody might take that one. $1,500. Not the highest price one. Nobody took it. Tied with that is the 1951 Topps Redback Group of Eight unopened two-card wax packs, also $1,500. And then checking in at $1,600, Vince and John Drummond team up for a point each. The Sandy Koufax 1955 Topps rookie card number 123 PSA 5 went for a high bid of $1,600, a tough one. And we got two winners this week. So very good, guys. Well, I'm on very a roll good. now. That's two in a row I've hit. Yes. Now, we were talking about the the old knuckleballer. My favorite knuckleballer of all time was Wilbur Wood. I'm pretty sure I was at a, a doubleheader in 1973 that Wilbur Wood started both games of the doubleheader. He was in the process of a four-season season run that was absolutely unbelievable. He let's see now. From nineteen seventy one through seventy four, I believe, he average record was twenty two wins, seventeen losses, two hundred eighty six ERA, forty five starts a year, twenty one complete games, three hundred and forty eight innings pitched. And then an, he averaged an eight point nine more his seventy one and seventy two seasons back to back he had over a ten war i was I gotta look that up. that can't have happened that often in especially in modern day pitching history, so he's kind of was an underrated great knuckleball pitcher, and I just don't understand why there aren't more knuckleball pitchers in the major leagues now as innings eaters. You know, with so many pitchers only going four, five, six innings in their starts, a knuckleballer would – Maybe the catchers can't catch them. I, don't, you know, the, like Bob Uecker used to say, the way he caught it, he'd go back to the screen and pick it up. You know, when it stopped rolling. But John Drummond, do you remember any good knuckleballers? First of all, of all, I, I agree in, with you. Wilbur uh, Wood, I think youth? that guy
1: should be in the White Sox Hall of Fame. I don't think he is. The amount of innings he yeah. pitched, he was so durable, both as a reliever and, and starter. But Hoyt Wilhelm was another one. He really was the first one for the Sox. And by the way, he didn't start. To, he didn't get in the majors until he was twenty nine years old. And yeah. uh, those uh, knuckleballers—that's which is un- which is uncommon today. When they want flamethrowers now only, that was not that- the case back then. I remember. Uh, the, the Senators had the Dutch Leonard, was in, a famous guy, and then you had Rip Sewell. I got to mention Rip Sewell. He had a blooper pitch, they called it, with the Pirates. Yeah, he would he made like a little foul ball. He throw it up in the air, and <laughs> nobody could hit it. Ted until Ted, Ted Williams, slammed a homer off of him in the 1946 All Star Game, and that <laughs> put the honest at the end of a poor Rip Sewell. He became a hamburger after that, and he was done. But the, if, if it was a long time for. A, I mean, then of course Wilhelm came on the scene. And was with the Sox from 63 to 68. He won, uh, shot, he got, I think, 27 saves one year. And remember, they didn't start keeping saves until 1959 when Jerome Holtzman, a Chicago newspaper man, made the format, that would, uh, computed the format to determine what was a save. So they lost some years like that. But Wilhelm Pishti was 49 years old when he quit. And uh, I think he left the Sox. He played with not a multitude of teams, but one of the reasons I think he left because Wilbur Wood was emerging. As I indicated, uh, um, our friend uh, Wilhelm was with the team from 63 to 68, including that 64-year when he won 27 games, by the way. uh, Well, maybe I'm wrong on that, but uh, that's the year the Sox should have won the pennant. They did not. And then Wilbur Wood came along, and he he was the new uh, Hoyt Wilhelm for some time. But who you got for uh, for those guys? By the way, uh, Wilhelm, uh, even though he was primarily reliever, he won something like. 143 games and lost 122, which is a pretty good record. So he started, he was not just a knuckleball starter at the beginning when he bro- broke in at the age of 29, and he was not a kid at that point. So Hoyt Wilhelm was a great pitcher. And by the way, there was another guy, I remember, a great believer, Stu Miller, I think he was with the Orioles. The wind was so bad at an all-star game at, at uh, Candlestick Park, the wind blew him off the mound, literally. I think you remember that, Tom. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he he was he was like a junk ball pitcher. I read something about that where basically it blew him off stride enough to balk and and then <laughs> I don't know that like he didn't actually go like get picked up and thrown off the mound, but I think it did. But he wasn't he wasn't a, a big man and he was a junk no. ball pitcher, not a knuckleball pitcher, though. Oh, he was yeah, not. I'm that, wrong then. That Okay,
1: was, but Wilhelm, yeah. of course, was, and Wilhelm is under—I think—underappreciated uh, because of the fact there's so many at that time. There are so many great pitchers, and uh, Wilhelm yeah. has been somewhat forgotten, particularly here since he was only here for five years. But Hoyt Wilhelm. I, by the way, he was also with the Cubs for a, for a cup of coffee. He was. I he, yeah, I know. This guy played in so many games. And they say, pitch till 49 years old. Remember that. And uh, yeah. that's the old junk. But nowadays, is there any – Is the last knuckleballer with Phil Necroix, is there
2: anybody that's a knuckleballer on? I don't know. I, you know, I don't know if there. there's probably somebody around. But to me, if – You have a good arm, maybe you had an arm injury and you can't throw like you did when you were younger. Like Jim Boughton hurt his arm, picked up the knuckleball, and made it back to the majors basically relying on a knuckleball. I don't know why more pitchers don't try to do it as they're as their stuff is fading, it's, I don't know. It that's a very good point. And by the way, the catchers you can dreaded forever. the knuckleballs.
1: Clint Courtney, they had a huge glove for him because it was so hard to catch Wilhelm's ball, and he wasn't the only one. There were several that had the, the catchers had these huge mitts when a knuckleballer was on the mound.
2: Yeah, that's true. They, a lot of people think that Hoyt Wilhelm might have had the best knuckleball uh, of anybody ever so i guess it's hard to tell him that now phil negro also pitched to yeah, he, he was atlanta, I think.
1: contemporary he was with atlanta yeah that was it at that yeah, time he, he's in the, Hall of the top guy
2: his younger brother joe negro had a good knuckleball
1: that i didn't okay there was a clan of white there was more than one <laughs> yeah you well, don't see it much so, anymore i don't as i say i can't recall anybody right now that would be considered a knuckleball pitcher but that i could yeah. be wrong
2: yeah, there, there's there got to be some guys out there, but none that, that ring a bell is doing anything big anyway. So, Well, I think we've covered the knuckleball about as well as anybody can cover <laughs> the knuckleball. John Drummond, thanks again for joining us this week. It's always great having you on. Everything going good with you? Can't complain. Another day, another dollar, as they say. Yes, very good. Okay. <laughs> Well, have a great week. I'll talk to you early in the week about next week's show.
1: All right. Looking forward to it. I'll hear the okay. rest of the show now. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Okay.
2: Now, uh, we're coming up to time for another short break. Before we get to that, though, uh, Blue Blazer sent me a picture through Twitter. Twitter, He's got a Jim Tome limited edition bat, uh, an Indian's bat autographed. By the new MLB Players Association, is that right? President, I guess Tomei is now. He said he got it signed in person. He knows it's real, doesn't know much about the bat itself and what the combination might be worth. Uh, Bill Huggins typically, signed bats are one of the better things for a Hall of Famer. a
0: lot of, as far as the value, don't you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, it kind of goes. Cut signature, photo, ball, bat, jersey is is sort of the yeah pecking order of everything. So bat is very highly up there. I I don't know. You say he said it was not a game-used bat. It was a commemorative? It looks like it's a commemorative bat. Yeah, it's just
2: that his picture is kind of a portion of a nice, bold signature on the bat. Oh, wait, Mm. he's got another picture here, and it shows – yeah, it's some sort of a commemorative Indians bat. What do you think? Would that okay. be two, three hundred dollars, maybe something? I like would that. think you're I would think you're in the right range there, yes. Okay. Well it's time for a short break now. The number's three one two three three two three seven seven six. If uh you want to call in with a question about an item, we're on till late. So or you can tweet a picture of an item. T Crown Tom is my Twitter ID. Hang in there, we'll be right back.
1: Now back to sports collecting with Tom Morgan. Sponsored by ERCDelivery.com and Huggins and Scott Auctions on ESPN 1000 and ESPNchicago.com.
2: Welcome back. I'm Tom Morgan with Vince Clementi of ERC Delivery, Bill Huggins of Huggins and Scott Auctions, and our producer Tyler Aki. We're until 8 o'clock every Saturday morning talking about sports collectibles, the value of items things that people have sent in for Huggins and Scott auctions, things that have ended in Huggins and Scott auctions. And then if you want to call 312-332-3776, if you have an item that you think is valuable, we'll talk about that and see what you have. Now, my wife and I are watching a, a show on, I think it's on HBO called The Gilded Age. It's set in New York City in 1882. Talking about society and business and all that, and it's set, it's almost like one of those time machine movies where it's set in 1882, oh, cool. New York City. And it, I don't know if it really gives you the feel like you're in it, but they had a thing where living across the street were these two big mansions, and they had. Um, um, servants or not servants, like waiters and
4: yeah, right.
2: people that work in the houses and keep everything up. I don't know what you what you would call them, but anyway, the one uh, on the one side of the street offered a hundred dollars. They saw the one main, oh, uh, not waiter. What would you call it? The uh, the main guy who who
3: comes in butler, like a butler, yeah, butler, yeah. the
2: main butler. They offered him a hundred dollars for the afternoon and come and be the butler at their thing or some party they had, which the other place wouldn't have liked if they knew about it. So I'm thinking, hmm, $100 in 1882.
4: Oh, the Here guy we go. snapped
2: right to it. I'm like, <laughs> okay, how much would that be in today's money? So, Tyler, we're going to give you first chance with a chance. If you get it right, you get a point for the week. Okay, you, let's say you'd have to get within – Two hundred dollars of what is the equivalent money from eighteen eighty two a hundred dollars to now?
1: You said a hundred dollars. Hundred
2: 18... dollars in eighteen
1: eighty two. Okay, a hundred dollars in eighteen eighty two. I'll go twenty five hundred.
2: Oh, that, that's that's that's. You know what, if it's misses by $56, but I'm, Close I'm saying he gets a point, he gets up to zero. I'm making an executive that's decision, 2756 Wow, that's yeah, a great guess. Yeah, isn't that something? So no wonder the guy jumped for an afternoon, yes. you know, it's like, okay, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> it's a really good show, though, and now speaking of time travel, I guess there's a time travel movie called The Atom Project, I don't know if it's on Netflix or coming to Netflix. It's supposed to be pretty good.
3: Yeah, it sounds really good. Yep. I yeah. like those shows as well.
2: Yeah, so I want to
3: see that one, and we'll see how that goes. I want to go back to <laughs> 1972. <laughs> so they started opening up those cards, you know. Yeah. Just yeah. hold on to them and tell my dad, no, Dad, no. Leave the cars alone. <laughs> don't I'd, sell I'd like them. to go back
2: to 1952 and stop that boat. Right, Bill, that, that was taking 52 <laughs> top cards and dumping them in the ocean?
0: <laughs> yeah. That supposedly really happened, right? Wow. From what I understand, yeah, that was a true story. Yeah, I think so. Now, he, we have a
2: direct message here from Nick, who's, who's drunk smurf 27. <laughs> Uh-oh. When, okay, he's listening to the show. Any chance you can help me in the value? He's got a Time magazine. Not in the greatest condition, but it's from 1936, and it has Joe DiMaggio on the cover. Now, I'm going to have to look that up, but Bill, I'm pretty sure you did uh, an auction that had that. He also has a magazine, another one. I can't even tell who this is on the cover, but i want but to look up that DiMaggio and, and see what that goes for in different conditions, and I well, will lot, talk about lot that would next week. On. We'll have to check that one out. But I know in, in nice shape, those can sell for some pretty good bucks. I remember seeing that one. 36, I think, was DiMaggio's rookie year. So so the drunk Smurf might
0: be celebrating <laughs> St. Patrick's Day. If he comes up. <laughs> yeah, well. good. Tom, a lot would depend on whether or not that signature was signed in 1936 or in 1985. You know, You,
2: you know, I'm not even sure it was signed. I think it might just be the magazine. Oh, okay. Yeah, which I think can be pretty good, but but we'll have to look that one up. (laughs) Yeah, if it's signed, uh, then then he's buying for the whole bar tonight.
3: (laughs) And that's a good point, Bill, made that if Joe D signed it in 1936 versus, you know... 30, 40 years later. Yes.
2: The, the earlier the signature on the vintage guys like that, the better typically. Yep. And and a lot of times they're like a Mickey Mantle signature might look a lot different in 52 than in 72. Yep. Their sure. signatures change. Now we've got a couple of callers. So Lurch is ready for us. We've got Steve from Lombard's on the line. What do you have there, Steve? Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, enjoy your show. Thanks. Hey,
1: I've got a uh, – back in 1990, uh, I attended a celebrity golf event out at Oak Brook
4: Hills Resort, and uh, I have a scorecard that's signed – two signatures on it. It's got Walter Payton and Gail Sayers. Ooh, now, that's a great
2: combo. It, yeah, I mean, the two great Hall of Fame Bears running backs together. I'm thinking on, on a golf scorecard, were they both – was it,
4: it was celebrity
2: golf outing?
4: Yeah, yeah, correct, yep. And it's on the front of the scorecard and it's been in a frame since
2: nineteen ninety when I got it um when I received yeah. it. I would think maybe somewhere two hundred fifty to five hundred bill. Does that sound about
0: right? Yeah, is there any chance that this was the scorecard they played with? No, unfortunately it's not. No. Okay. But we do yeah, have I Steve see some
2: Lombard's score on there. You remember what you got, <laughs> Steve? <laughs> Couldn't <laughs> have been that good, or he would have remembered right away. In oh yeah, I was—I was shot four under par that day. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Steve. That's a neat okay, item. Thank you. Very cool. Okay, bye bye. Okay, have a good one. And next on the line, we've got uh, Clinton from Round Lake. Welcome to the show, Clinton.
1: Actually, we lost Clinton.
2: Oh, poor Clinton. Clinton disappeared. Sounds like he had a Ray Lewis jersey, a signed jersey, it'd be pretty yeah, good. I can brief you on what it if was. It was a, a, it was Lewis a Game Warren. Ray Lewis jersey. Then we're talking some good money. Have you run any Ray Lewis Game worn jerseys that you can think of, Bill?
0: I you know, I don't think I have run a Ray Lewis gamer. Um I you know, I, I heard he keeps a lot of his stuff. Or kept oh. a lot of his stuff. So okay. So that might be pretty
2: good. Yeah. Now Here's a, some, here's a card I know a lot of because I have some of these. Morgan tweeted a picture to my attention. Hi, Tom. My dad finally got this Kobe card back. It's a PSA 9. Any idea on what it's worth? Thanks. Have a great day. A lot of the rookie cards from basketball from the 90s, the 2000s, went so crazy and peaked just exactly about a year ago, last March, they went to heights that were unimaginable how yeah. high some of them were selling. And now they've come back down to earth where at one point I think that card was probably, for a nine, was probably two 3000 And I think now it's maybe in the uh, $500 range, but I'm going to type this in real quick um and see what they've been selling for recently on ebay 1996 and when that comes up i'll say what they're what it's been going for recently because I, I i happened that that particular year at t Crown, we opened a ton at the, at the store i could get those boxes as many as i wanted it if no problem at no. all. They were inexpensive, and it was a fun box to open because they had um, Michael Jordan, These mystery. I think that was the year that they had mystery finest cards, and really the rookie cards were kind of like, oh, well, who cares? It's
3: an afterthought, yeah. An
2: afterthought, <laughs> and everybody was trying to get at the time. The Bulls were so hot. and Everybody wanted the Jordan insert stuff that was in there. I think that right now, uh, the PSA 9s, it's not coming up here right now, but I think they're selling four or $500 for a 9 now, which is still, that used to be what 10s were.
3: That's pretty good. So
2: have you noticed that yourself, Bill, that a lot of the the basketball rookie stuff has come back to earth since about a year ago?
0: Oh, definitely, yes. And especially some of the ones that were – that everybody thought were way too expensive they really were yes yeah i mean some of the prices were it was it it,
2: the whole covid and with the boxes disappearing people were fighting over getting retail boxes at places like uh you know target and places like that walmart and i mean it was it, and it, it seemed like it finally just kind of hit its peak about a year ago, and now it's getting back, way back more to normal. But when you think about it, the Kobe rookies, the Tops rookies, I mean, that's a great card to have. I think Fanatics ended up buying. Now, have you heard about this, too? I think Fanatics bought Tops or the, bought the licensing for Tops. So they're still going uh, to have Tops do it at the very least baseball cards. Isn't that how you understand it, too, Bill?
0: Yes. I, I don't know whether they're keeping the the name brand tops, though. Oh, I, I think they are. But, but yeah,
2: I don't know 100% sure on that either. That's going to be interesting to see with Fanatics having all the licenses now. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I didn't like the way uh, Panini was handling things. So, to me, I don't know. It can't be the way they handled it for card stores at least, yeah. and and not having any reasonably priced products for kids and
3: families
2: is like come on. So hopefully, Fanatics keeps that in mind and and does some good products that families and kids can open.
3: I think it makes sense to keep the Tops name because that's kind of why they bought it all out. It's to yeah. continue the Tops brand, the Tops you know history of the whole product. So I would think they're going to keep it, but we'll see.
2: It seems like it to me, too. Yep. I would think that's the case, that you would want to have that right, history. Right. And, you know, they can design. I think they're going to let them design things the way they design them, the whole thing. So we'll see what happens with that. I hope that's the case. Yep. Because Tops is something you don't want to have no, disappear. <laughs> for sure. And then even if they could start doing Tops basketball and football again, that would be awesome. Oh,
3: absolutely. Absolutely
2: now bill Huddings, don't you think that might help the yeah i mean it, it hasn't been hurt anyway but vintage top card values maybe that would help
0: oh i don't think i i think vintage top card values are still going to hang in there with you know regardless of who's making them today yeah I, you're probably right yeah
2: but it, it it can't hurt let's put it that way well we're at the end of another show Seemed like there was a quieter background this week. We just heard the buzzer go off. I think somebody <laughs> might have hit a shot at the buzzer in the at the basketball courts here. We're at the they're nice enough to let us use this room at the Park, Daperville Park District, the uh, Fort Hill Activity Center. It's awesome. So we're really yeah, liking it. Sure. And thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks once again to Bill Huggins, to Tyler Aki and to Vince Klmenny. And everybody, thanks for listening. Have a great week. Stay
0: safe tonight, celebrating the St. Patrick's Day parades. Have a good week.